Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing very, very well. Very quickly, a thank you to our newest patron over at Patreon, Michael Mangiarelli. Fantastic surname. And of course, to all of our other wonderful patrons who make all of this possible. We greatly appreciate your support. If you would like to join, join the uh, Patreon WhatsApp group. You can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press. All right, Andy, so a couple of things we can do. Uh, we will talk about some transfer stuff. Let's start with that, and then we will uh, react to the uh, league calendar of Roma being announced last week. A few things to, to discuss regarding that, but, but first, let's go with the transfer stuff. First, we have seen a little bit of things pick up in this last week in terms of uh, things getting over the line. Llorente, finally, I said last week, it went from one operation to another, and then it went back to the original, so now it's dry loan, which is what we were told the entire time. I don't know how it went from dry loan to obligation, to now back to a dry loan, but finally that got over the the, uh, the finish line. He is back. We also have some talk of uh, Paulo Dybala drawing interest from Chelsea. Now, one of the biggest reasons this is the case, in my opinion, is he does have that release clause, which is quite low. And I, I have a feeling Roma when they meet with uh, Paulo Dybala and his agent in the coming weeks here. I, I have a very strong suspicion that w- that will be among the first things they will try to eliminate because I do think he will sign a new deal. I, I find it very difficult he is going to leave Roma, but uh, Chelsea said to be very, very, very interested in him. Now he returned to the city today. Of course, what people say, what players, directors, anybody says in public, I always warn to take with a grain of salt. It means very, very little, but he comes back to Roma and he says, I'm going to stay, does the the thumbs up to reassure everybody. Where are you with this? Are, Are you even remotely worried? Because I have to tell to you, I am not. I'm not worried. This is, again, it's normal when, you know, <clears throat> there is a, a release clause in his contract that is worth $12 million and it is valid for clubs uh, abroad uh, until the end of this month. So um, uh, 
a club that is interested in Dybala and that is not an Italian club can go and give Roma 12 million and try and convince Dybala to join them. And and then Roma, in, in theory, can't do anything about it. The only thing Roma can do about it is to, to get him a new contract. And I think all signs point to exactly that, especially given that Dybala's current salary doesn't really reflect sort of his uh, his status uh, at Roma. You know, when he signed, the deal was fantastic because you were getting a free agent, also a star signing, uh, and who was going to earn four, four and a half million euros, which is considerably lower than what he what he was in talks for uh, with Juve to extend his stay and it didn't so that was you know that was that was a good start but the fact of the matter is that Dybala um was proved his worth came here you know embraced the culture embraced Mourinho and uh and 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 delivered you know delivered um perhaps more than we than some of us expected him to given you know all the injuries and whatnot mm. uh he he came here and he delivered and 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 i think roma feel indebted to him and m- might feel more indebted to him when they see you know teams like chelsea like paris saint germain uh show interest in him you know obviously this this type of caliber of player this um especially with the with the timeline with this timeline of of the release clause everybody's aware of it you know and everybody knows that the clock is ticking and and dibala plays in a position that can come in handy to 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 a number of different teams with with a manager like Mauricio Pochettino in uh, in uh, in Chelsea, I I do think that that is uh, he is a player that would fit um, there. I couldn't agree more. Uh, for me, again, very little to worry about in this. Uh, it, there's just no way I can find myself to be bothered. I suppose if you want to find a, a silver lining in all of the transfer talks surrounding uh, Paulo Dybala. Uh, and if we look around Serie A, the, the, the reassuring part is there is zero chance he would be able to go to any Serie A club because, oof, uh, nobody is doing anything in the league beyond the uh, free transfers. I mean, the biggest deals we have seen thus far have all been either uh, free transfers or big sales such as Tonali to Newcastle, you know, Um so at least you know. I mean, worst case scenario, if you if you are going to lose Paulo Dybala, it's not going to be to another Serie A club. Again, that's like worst case scenario in my opinion. But I do think, like you, new deal, uh, new long term contract that uh, assures his future is in Rome, and it also subsequently eliminates that release clause, which would at least temporarily quell any discussion about him potentially leaving. But I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. This whole thing, in my opinion, I, I, I just don't see it because everything is so perfect. As you said, the perfect metaphor, in my opinion, this, this is the perfect marriage. The, the Each party complements the other perfectly. And as you alluded to, I, I think this thing where he is loved and there is a sense of a worship dedication. I don't know. I can't find the correct word. But given everything, I just don't see him leaving Roma, at least this summer again. It just everything is too perfectly aligned. 
as far as other things regarding the transfer market or even within the squad, right now, as far as incoming deals, it is very quiet. There is some stuff regarding Eduardo Bove, a new contract. Good friend Filippo Biafora, he was reporting that Bove, his agents, they turned down Roma's most recent proposal. I talked to somebody yesterday within Bove's entourage. I, I hate using that word, but I can't find an alternative. They said they haven't even met with Roma yet. So there's that. There's this thing with Karsdorp. His agent has been very quiet, as we know. I, I, uh, I spoke with him last year. He was pretty, uh, pretty candid about Karsdorp, how he feels under Jose Mourinho. However, we 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 know with some of the uh, things going on surrounding Karsdorp that he is on the market. However, uh, Roma haven't received a single offer for him. And beyond that, too, I was told one of the things that, that his uh, agent did say was, really, there are no destinations that attract him or, or seem attractive to him. Beyond uh, Feyenoord, I just do not see a viable destination for him so that is something obviously we have to we have to keep our eye on i I mean given how quiet it is does that bother you at all because when you couple it with jose Mourinho, for anybody who missed his first words upon landing um back in the city he he said his expectations and before the market are, are essentially zero he expects nothing he expects nothing from the transfer window of this summer. So uh, as we all know, Jose Mourinho, when it comes to the window in the market, he is fairly vocal. He is not afraid to voice how he feels uh, for better or for worse. I have a feeling that the, his expectation is going to change if he sees things continuing at such this slow pace. But does that bother you what he said at all? Does that worry you? Because, again, I, I just think it's the same as usual. Right. I, I don't know why this would bother uh, the comment of him from this time would bother you more than any of the past. <laughs> no, Mourinho, Mourinho with the transfer, when the market stuff for Roma has always been one and the same. You know, he's uh, uh, he, he reminds me of when uh, Robin Williams... Uh, he, Robin Williams was nominated in 2003, I believe, for a movie, uh, One Hour Photo, uh, in the same year, he was nominated with Daniel Day-Lewis and uh, Jack Nicholson. And uh, and there was a tie. Daniel Day-Lewis and Jack Nicholson both won the same prize for their performances. <laughs> Day-Lewis for Gangs of New York and Jack Nicholson for About Schmidt. And Robin Williams <laughs> was was left empty-handed. And what they what the two of them did was invite him on the stage and basically do a speech because who better than than Robin Williams to do a speech? And Robin Williams came on the on this on the stage and said, "Well, uh, I came here expecting nothing. I am leaving with nothing. Pretty much a Buddhist evening for me." Uh, and I I do, I do believe like that's 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 Mourinho's mentality when it comes to transfer stuff with Roma. I think he's learned by now that. Listen, this is a club operating under such pressure from UEFA, from the settlement agreement, from the financial fair play, with limited means, with a roster that is very difficult to 
to you know to 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 analyze and players to get rid of. I mean, you're still looking at guys like uh, Gonzalo Villar, Matias Vina looking for for a, a home, right? You you were Oof. you were able to. You were able to secure a home for Carles Perez uh, to, um, who else? Justin Clivert. You still got Brian Reynolds on, on your on your payroll. Um, so it's, and, and what? And the other, the only big name that you can right now think, oh, maybe if we sell him, we can generate some really good value is Roger Ibanez. Um but that's that's the extent to which. So it always, I think, Mourinho entering his third year at Roma, he should know by now that this is how it works. You know, there is a lot of unpredictable stuff. A lot of it is: is there an opportunity? It's been like that. Paolo Dybala was an opportunity; it worked out. Gini Wijnaldum was an opportunity; it didn't work out. Uh, I, I so I do believe that, for example, the midfielder, it's going to be an opportunity. You know. Um, one of the mm. players that have been mentioned, sure, maybe, but it's going to be a name of along those lines of there is this opportunity to sign this player because he's, you know, he's fallen out uh, of the plans of another club. Um, Gianluca Scamacca, that, that whole idea is an opportunity. Can you get a Tammy replacement without spending money by bringing somebody on loan? Very difficult to accomplish knowing that, be, uh, being aware that everybody knows your problem, that you're looking to secure Tam. <laughs> yes, Tam that, I mean this is essentially a waiting game for something like that. You know, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. I I won't say it's a game of chicken, but really, it, it, I can't think of it. it. It's almost like you are waiting in the in the shelter with the lights off, uh, just waiting to see yeah. if the bomb drops or not, so to speak. I, I mean, that's exactly you, you mentioned. Pretty Kamaka. much, pretty much. It, it's it, it, you it, just it have really to wait. Is. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Jose Mourinho is beyond annoyed. I don't know if it helps him to look around the rest of Serie A and see Milan, for instance. I mean, Andy, they they, they are about, well, not about to, but for Tonali, who they sell for 70 million euros, they are getting, what, they have loftus cheek and they want to get Pulisic too? So, how uh, does that really excite anybody? You know, you sell one of your best players uh, for, you know, and, and replace them with two uh, rejects but of it, it's Chelsea. Even, but, uh, but, even, but yeah, but even even look at Lazio and Milinkovic Savic. Now there is one of the best, right, mid, exactly. probably the best midfielder in the league, who cannot att- who cannot attract uh, he cannot attract a single offer from Serie A. There is not a single Serie A club can go can that can go up to Lazio and say, "Here's the money I'm gonna take Milinkovic Savic from you." So the fact that no, not even a single big club outside of Italy wants Milinkovic Savic, I think, just shows that a lot of other football clubs are ignorant and they don't follow Serie A because Serie A has no appeal right now, and <laughs> and Serie A is broken because Juve. Juventus have always loved Milinkovic Savic, they can't get him. Inter, they love Milinkovic Savic, they can't get him. Inter, the most that they can aspire to was Davide Fratesi, and Davide Fratesi was alone with obligation. So to me, that tells you all you need to know. Like, I, I see a lot of comments that go, like, ah, you know, 
look, uh, Inter are also operating under financial fair play restrictions and blah, blah, blah. Inter didn't do what Roma did last month. Inter did not generate those millions and millions in revenue that they should have. So they're going to get fined a lot in October. It's going to come crashing down on them. Uh, So the point is, to me, Mourinho, when he lands in Italy, by now, he should know that this is a club that can aspire to only certain things in the transfer window. Most of them are opportunities, not set objectives that are set in stone from the get-go. It's about who's cheap, who is who has had a falling out with a coach or with a club, who is looking for a, a last-minute solution, who wants to play, who wants more playing time, and that's who you go after. Yeah, 100%. And, and two, I mean, you, you, you mentioned Inter, it really is pick your poison. Okay, well, you want to get different guys. Well, Inter are about to sell their first-choice goalkeeper. Yeah, they have lost Skriniar already on a yeah. free. So on a free, really, on a free, yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, well, you want Roma to be more active. Okay, well, fine. But certainly you have to at least concede that that comes with a very major caveat, obviously, which is you have to sacrifice a big name or two. And I, I have to tell you, and this is obviously going to be biased, if I look at the route or the path that Inter have taken so far and I compare it to Roma, I much prefer the latter. And I, I would say most agree. Um, I, I would prefer not to have to sacrifice big names just to uh, refresh the the team, so to speak. So I, I, I suppose it all depends on your general outlook on things. Very quickly, let's go to the the league calendar. So as per usual, like you said, yeah, they, they make this a very, I, I won't say it's a huge mess because in the past they have done this thing where they draw the fixtures in the early August, like two weeks before the season is even supposed to begin. And, and you think to yourself, wow, you know, it's almost as if you don't want uh, supporters uh, to, to be in attendance of your matches for anybody traveling. It, it was mind boggling the way they went about it at times. But uh, league calendar has been released. Roma, they begin the season on the 20th of August against Salernitana for the second time in a row as they uh, will face them in the first round as they did last season. Trying to think of other notable matches that really stand out in the early portion. First big match, the 3rd of September at home against Milan. And then you have in... um, December, that is probably the stretch where most are going to view uh, as the most difficult portion of the calendar, at least in the first uh, the first half of the season, where Roma faced Napoli at home. Then you have Juve away on the 30th of December. And then one week later, you have Atalanta at home on the 7th of January. And then you go away to Milan on the 14th of January. So for four uh, match days in a row, you have Napoli, Juve, Atalanta, Milan. I think nearly everybody would agree that is the most difficult stretch of this season, uh, at least again in the first half. 
Now, we couple everything with the Europa League 2. And again, this is one of those times where I say to myself, it is almost as if Negaseria, they don't enjoy uh, the teams in the league doing well in Europe because have you seen the way they pack the calendar uh, regard, or, or, or surrounding their Europa League fixtures? I, I, it's just mind-blowing to me the way this thing works out. I, I don't know why they do not have a set in stone consistent policy when it comes to the teams participating in Europe versus those who are not. It blows my mind, but that is something that when it comes to Legacidia, that is a concept. You know, anything beyond just baseline level of creativity, ingenuity, it's too far beyond their reach. So I don't know. I can save my complaints for when the season actually begins. But what did you think of of the calendar when it came out? Starting with Salernitana at home, away to Verona, home to Milan, home to Empoli, away to Torino, Genoa. And then home to Frosinone, and that gets us from the 20th of August to the 1st of October, the first seven rounds. I, I mean, I, I was fairly indifferent, and I just did not like the way that they end, end the year where they have to have four big games in a row. And again, the way these fixtures were aligned with the Europa League campaign. But again, it's a mega city, uh, the expectations have to be low. The expectations do have to be low. You know, this is uh, it's a it's a good start uh, and a terrible finish. That's what she said. Um, but it's it is it, it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the heat. The heat is getting to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to to appeal to the younger audience. <laughs> um, I'm oh just no. Listen, it's it's important as always. It's important to have you know that, that those first few good matches where you're allowed to settle in. There is room for mistakes, and there is room for mistakes. You are looking at teams, opponents that are you know beatable. That uh, cracks. Ex- Come on, yeah, ex- and, and I'm not going to say the thing I always say about the first half of the season. But no, keep exactly. going because you are correct. They're crap. Yeah. No, with the you know but- with the, with the exception with the exception of Milan, uh, you're looking at a very 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 doable calendar for the first month uh, of the league, pre uh, well over a month. So. It's that's that's a good pause. It's it because it allows you always for me. It's always important. Not I hate when you have those calendars where say on the third uh, match day you are playing the derby. You know that for me that there is there is zero yes. entertainment in that because both teams are trying to figure it out. I hated the fact that in Mourinho's first year, like that was that's what it was i think the third match day was the derby and it kind of it just it, it felt underwhelming because you know that a team is still trying to figure it out by the third match day things get rolling well into match day 7 8 more so 9 10 that's when that's when a team is supposed to know what it's all about and i think that's important for roma to have that margin of error because this is a, a an error prone team you expect Roma to make less mistakes, sure, but that's how it goes. And then, obviously, that that ending, that rough, rough 
series of games that include uh, Juventus, Napoli, Atalanta, you know, all that stuff. That's just prime uh, Claudio Lotito, you know, that's prime Lotito masterclass right there, um, getting his voice in 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 the vote, uh, and, yeah. and uh, surprisingly, those, you know, like I, I could, I can just tell, like the, his his smirk when that when that when those fixtures were announced. He's you know he's the senatore. He's a he's a pretty big guy right now. So um, no, but in all seriousness, it's uh, it's it's rough. It's always rough. But at the end of the day, to me, it's. A calendar is always a calendar. The fact that, to me, the problematic aspect is always one. It's when the league doesn't respect the the other competitions. And with Serie A, as you said, it's always the case because they're just living in the past. They don't. They they basically don't care about other competitions. They don't care about Italian teams taking part in other competitions. They don't make life easy on anybody. They don't give a shit. There is just no. You go from playing in Europa to playing on on a on a Monday evening in in, in Verona. You know, like that's that what it, what it gets you. You know, the fact that you're doing well, say in the Champions League or Europa League, doesn't matter. You're still gonna play two days later at the Bentegaldi in the rain. You know, that's that's what Lega Serie have been doing over and over the years, and that's what it's gonna come down to. So I expect. Roma to 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 really get going in the opening because that's when that's when you're super, supposed to figure things out. Then whatever happens afterwards, it's out of control. But the opening days, the opening match days, are a must. Like that has to be circled out in the calendar, especially for Roma to do well. I couldn't agree more. It, it as we all know, it seems as if Roma's brightest seasons, I mean, 2013, 2014 is the one that always comes to mind. It always requires a fast and a quick and positive start from the club. So uh, we will keep our fingers crossed that that is what happens. So uh, we will leave it there. Until next time, ciao. Ciao.